Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I get to be the minister here. This week is our act of remembrance, where we give thanks and we hold silence and we remember those who gave their lives for freedom. Those deepest moments that make us more fully human, that recognise the worth of life and the value of what people do, are not found in victory parades or in great speeches by world leaders or in the noise of conflict, or the seeking of power. Those deepest moments that make us more fully human are the moments we find filled with silence. Only in silence does remembrance live. Not to recall memories, not to learn lessons, not to thank God for victories, or even to grieve with God amid the wastage. But where we become part of a moment that recognises there is no word, no action, no intent more human than to halt everything and do nothing but wonder in silence. So let all of us together hold a moment's silence, a quiet blessing beyond words that shapes the space with grace and depth and the love of God. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 to 19. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you all in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Leonard Cohen wrote, Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. The people had been forcibly displaced. Refugees whose homes had been destroyed by war, whose temple had been torn down. A people whose understanding of their world, themselves and their God had been turned upside down and they were living in darkness. They were the chosen people. God had handpicked them. He'd given them the law, the tablets that were in the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the centre of the temple, the Holy of Holies, because the law was at the very heart of who they were. Except it wasn't. Not really. It had been, but the people had always had a difficult relationship with their God. It took 40 years for them wandering as slaves to, to know who God was and rely on him. And when they entered the promised land, they weren't entering some undiscovered country. There were already people living there, and the Israelites took the land from them by force. They divided the land equally between the tribes, and they lived for years following the laws that God had given them. And they prospered. They had all that they needed. They were comfortable, but they wanted more. Their neighbours had kings and armies, so they appointed their own king and gradually just became like every other nation. They waged war and gathered slaves. and a move beyond irony, Solomon used slaves to build a temple to God, a God who'd set people free from slavery. And so eventually along comes a bigger army with more soldiers and more chariots, and the Israelites were defeated and Jerusalem was destroyed. The people were carried off to weep by the rivers of Babylon, 
and to wonder why God had forsaken them. Of course, God had not forsaken them. They had forsaken God. And it's those people that Isaiah talks to with his vision of a new world, a new Jerusalem, where a new heaven and a new earth are created, where the former things shall never be remembered or ever come to mind. On days like today, we often get to wondering about big questions, to stand in silence and try to comprehend the enormity of the slaughter of the two world wars just defeats our imagination. It makes no sense. How could it happen? How could it have happened again so soon? In some ways, the Second World War grew from the failure to make a just peace after the First World War, and that created the conditions where bitterness could fester, where a sense of being forgotten and blamed for something that wasn't our fault could be stoked among ordinary people. Soon it's back to them and us. Everything bad that has happened is their fault and we need to take back control. And there it is. The root of every conflict that's ever been. Power, control, blame and greed. And when the war came to an end, the bells rang out. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. Because there is no offering we can give but a deep sigh of relief that the horror had ended and that we could slowly, ever so slowly, begin to rebuild a world that must somehow be better. The darkness could not win. There's a crack. A crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So we stand here today in silence, wearing our poppies, and we remember because to forget would be to mistake distance for progress. We re-member. To re-member is the opposite of dismember. When we take something apart, we eventually forget what it was like before. So to remember means not simply recalling something, but to take the fragments, the pieces of a memory that have somehow been separated from each other and to try to put them back together and to make some kind of sense of them. Remembering is like building a jigsaw. You take the small, seemingly disconnected parts and work out slowly where they fit. And as you connect the pieces, something starts to emerge. Often we start with the corners, then the edges, and they give us a framework that we can construct a picture in. And that's what we do when we remember. This Armistice Sunday gives us a particular set of corners and lines that we can construct our own picture within. We build our images of parents and grandparents, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, children and friends, both ours and other people's. With distance, we can try to make some sense of what something that seems so senseless. We think of those who fought and those who refused to fight, those who joined up enthusiastically and those who would rather have done anything else, those left behind and those who returned never to be the same again. To be gathered in a room of memories is a very tangible experience. Over time, stories told and stories still untold will fill the space with echoes of generations past. And in a very real sense, we meet our past and the future in our present here today. The memories of people have been given to us all. They're entrusted to us as a community and together they shape who we are now. By holding them, 
and giving them space, we make them sacred. As we let them move in beside who we are now and shape who we can be in the future. Kingdoms will rise and kingdoms will fall and amid all of that uncertainty we should continue to trust completely in God. Famine and plague will sweep across the world and amid all of that sickness and death we should remain faithful. We ourselves will be the subject of suspicion and arrest and even hatred but amid all of that persecution God will be with us. But we are fearful. None of that sounds like the love and peace that Jesus so often talks about. None of that sounds like the kind of life that we would be comfortable with. None of that sounds like the kind of thing we would sign up for. So we stand in silence because we know no other response. In that deep, deep darkness where all seems to be lost, cracks appear and light seeps slowly in. Now we come face to face with the good news, the light of the world, and we remember. We start to put our own stories of war and conflict and brokenness and despair together with the the edges of the story of Jesus, where bread and wine are symbols of what he endured, a broken body and blood poured out, a sacrifice, an offering, a mysterious holy moment in the middle of a horrendous execution of an innocent man, killed by fearful, power-hungry people, sanctioned by a religious system that could bear no criticism. In the spreading of the light, we see ourselves in the picture, and that fills us with dread. We're confronted by the realisation that those people are just like us, that each of us has our own fears and prejudices, that each of us struggles to love and be loved, that each of us has those things we seek forgiveness for and those things we find almost impossible to forgive. We are all in some way broken. And that's okay. Because there's a crack. A crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. So if we come to this place where we meet our Lord in brokenness without acknowledging our own need to be remembered, to be put back together, then we're simply papering over the cracks and blocking out the transforming light of Christ. Isaiah paints that vision of what happens when the darkness of despair cracks and the light gets in. He says this, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain, says the Lord. And our response is to stand in disbelief. The wolf and the lamb will lie down together. That will never happen. How could it? Such peace is beyond our imagining. Fear and war have become our normal. We sit and watch the news from around the world and wonder, what on earth can we do? And yet, and yet... Jesus speaks to us in the middle of this chaos and fear with a call to stay faithful and the call to be more loving, to be more just, to break down walls, not build them, to include, not exclude. We're not called to be passive. We're not called to hide or to comply. We're called to stand up and to stand out, to kick the darkness until it bleeds daylight, to join with that great cloud of witnesses who have gone before who stood up against violence, who faced down oppression and hatred and scorn with peace 
and hope and love. For I'm about to create a new heaven and a new earth. So ring all the bells that could still ring. Forget your perfect offering. The Prince of Peace meets you here. There's a crack. A crack in everything. That's how the light of love gets in. Forgive 
God of peace and God of justice, our protection and our shield, our light in every darkness, our hope in times of despair. On a day of remembrance, we bring to mind all those who serve this country, for those in the armed forces who, around the world, put their lives at risk in the hope of protecting the people of this and many other countries, for those in positions of leadership, elected and unelected, who have choices to make and to whom we look for guidance, for those in healthcare and social care, for those in education, for those in the emergency services, we give thanks for them all and so many others for their work and commitment. May you protect them and may they remain vigilant and dedicated, keen to serve others and make this world a more just, a more peaceful, a healthier place to live. God of all care, we recognise you at work here and now, through your church, through your people, through all those who seek to do your will. We know you look to us to strive and yearn towards the coming days, that we can be part of a world that seeks to heal, to build bridges of care and support, to lift up the poor and disadvantaged, that seeks to bring about your kingdom, one action, one word at a time. God of all love, we pray for ourselves and all people, whatever their struggle, their dream, their loss, their status, their hope. May they know your love and experience your support through communities that care and reach out to help. Be with us all, gracious God, that we might be your eyes and ears, your hands and feet, your heart and soul, wherever we find need. In Jesus' name we pray, in the words you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We stand firm in faith in the face of all that the world can throw at us as we witness this week to the grace of God, the love of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We go in the name of God, with God's blessing with us all, this day and always.